The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour. I'm Sharon Kleina. The Power of Water. Several years ago, when I decided to do a talk radio show, and I chose my topic to be power of water. Now, why would I do that? Well, first of all, I've been in research with water for 30 years. Um, the other part is the water crisis. Water has a crisis. Even in the developing countries where everything looks so modern and everything looks so uh, safe, did you know the United States of America is having a problem with safe water and not enough water? Did you know that there are water wars going on right in, our, in the United States of America, not just in Africa and India and other parts of the world, China? It is going on in the United States. Um, power of water is Earth's human mission for a healthier planet. The planet is living together. This is the only radio talk show devoted to, dedicated to life-threatening water wars, the global water and health crisis, Interviews with global research leaders come onto the show and discuss not only the water but the health crisis. It's a news reporting and educational show. The dehydration diseases, in other words, when the moment you were born, you left the pocket of water, you entered in the air you breathe, there are no two eyes alike, there are no two skins and the complexion alike, there are no two fingerprints alike, and more. What is the challenge to life and health? dehydration from that moment on. So dehydration diseases need to be studied. Water access and sanitation need to be studied. Water, women, and children. Now, the reason we say women and children in other parts of the world, women are getting up in wee hours of daylight, getting going to go get water for their family because there is no water. They walk for distances. They have broken backs, arms, ankles, necks, hands, legs, feet, but they keep walking. And the reason they keep walking, because without water, there is no life. So let's stop to think about all that the show can teach us. We've had the most exciting guests, and people have said to me, Sharon, your show is getting the most exciting people on as guests. And I've said, yes, we are. I don't think there's anybody out there that Polly Featherton, our program director, when she asked a guest to join us with this exciting venture of saving a life. You, the listener, can save a life. Our guests are saving lives. We're learning. Over 2.5 billion people in the world do not have access to proper sanitation and do not have proper water. I mean, healthy water. 
so now we're talking in our politics, the billions of dollars that are going out for billions of dollars. Did you ever hear them say to protect the water anywhere? Also, let's think about what's happening in the Gulf Coast in the United States of America today. We're going into starting a third month here soon where the water has been affected by an oil spill. Now, human beings are nature, too. There's a nature to the climate. There's a nature to a volcano. There's a nature to health. There's a nature to people. And there was an accident that happened. The accident needed to be proactively worked out by each state, by Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, and Florida, to understand how do we prevent it reaching our shores. That's our state. That's where we live. That's where our health is at. That's where our wetlands are at to protect for the rest of our lives and the life of the planet. Something happened. There was a lack of communication. There was not enough seriousness. This is water that is being affected. Now, I think the states were serious, but something happened along the way with a lack of communication, and I will say it on this show. There was not a seriousness about this is affecting water. And it's like one of our guests said recently, this is affecting the whole planet. This is the ecosystem. The communications was not the way it should have been. We got to learn from this mistake. We'll learn it together. We did this together. Let's learn. The water is the most important part of your planet. You need to have safe water. You need to every day be thinking about the safe water in your pipes. You need to think about drinking good water. You need to drink eight to ten glasses of water a day. What is the largest consumption of water throughout the world? Your, your agriculture, growing your food and, and making sure you're eating properly and the earth is being treated with an ecosystem of balancing all over the world. So the show is a very serious show. Take me serious. Take our guests serious. It is exciting because we are going to do this together. You're going to join, I know, with us. You're going to get other listeners to come and listen with us. We're going to take water serious because if the water is protected, all life will be protected. And then all of a sudden you realize, like when I've studied water for so long, I I have to be a 1,000 years old because I've been studying it for so long, but I've been understanding With the water, we can bring the planet together, life together. We are living on this planet Earth. And by the way, Earth was chosen to have the water. Now, isn't that interesting? Although they did think they found some water maybe on the moon, but you're living on the planet Earth. And it's the water. It's the water. So let's think together. Enjoy those wonderful guests because to me, they're the heroes because they're teaching us a lot in this classroom. Today, we have our special guest, J.W. Randolph. He is coming to us from Charlottesville, Virginia. He's with the Appalachian Voices Legislative uh, Associate. He's a a legislative associate, member of the Waterkeeper Alliance, Alliance, excuse me, member of the Waterkeeper Alliance. And it's a clean water topic to protect clean water. And we're going to learn what he means by Earth Beat. Our second guest today is Art Bernstein from Gold Hill, Oregon, and a part of us here. And he has a master's degree in anthropology, but he's a writer of natural books. He's also going to be teaching us today in our classroom, Recreation Close in the Forest and Parks next to New York City. 
Manhattan, and New York. Bear Mountain and Harriman State Parks. Can you imagine right next to Manhattan um, a park to protect and make sure that everything, uh, the human, all life can be protected around the parks? We'll be listening to Art and as our second guest. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only natural method of replenishing moisture to the tear film with just a mist, all natural. We'll listen to our sponsor and be right back with JW. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. JW, are you with us? Hi, Sharon. How are you today? I'm very well. How are you doing? Well, I want to thank you for joining us. And um, you're very important to us today because we're going to be discussing... Uh, the Clean Water Protection Act, and also what your involvement is. But before we begin, we always like to get to know our guest. Uh, what is your background, and why are you involved with clean water? Um, I uh, grew up in a cabin that my father built on the shores of the Tennessee River um, near the city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And um, so I grew up, um, you know, walking those woods with um, with my family, with my uh, my brothers and, and sister and my father and um, then uh, I, I uh, became involved with Appalachian Voices um, when I was in school in Boone, North Carolina. Um, and in 2005, um, I saw something that I found completely indescribable and um, I, I've heard described as one of the most morally incomprehensible um, actions that we're taking today. I, for the first time in 2005, I saw a mountaintop removal site, um, and um, that's what what pulled me into this this fight, hook, line, and sinker was actually being able to to see what we're doing to um, to our own country, um, what we're doing to our, our local communities and our our watersheds, as you said, importantly. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go on, when you watched a mountaintop be removed, what was going on there? Um, I was with a man named Larry Gibson, and he has a mountain called Caford Mountain that's in southern West Virginia, um, really near to the Upper Big Branch Mine, um, where the disaster was several weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, walking through Larry's woods, um, you're, it's a beautiful Appalachian forest. Um, we, there's a lot of rain. It's very similar to Pacific Northwest climate. Um, and all of a sudden, rather than continuing to walk up a hill, you come to the lip of a canyon, um, a, literally a giant two to 300 foot cliff. And you look out at an absolute moonscape at a, a, a place that's absolutely ravaged. Um, several hundred feet um, down into the mountain, the, all that material that used to be on top of the mountain is blasted apart using ammonium nitrate fuel oil and dumped directly into the valleys adjacent to this mountain. And so um, Kayford Mountain is just one example um, of, of over 500 mountains that have been destroyed. Now, is and that the for uh, mining, coal mining? What is that? Yes. Okay. Mountaintop removal is, is a form of, of coal extraction okay. um, that uh, has been going on for, for several decades in, in the central Appalachian region. Okay, so then you um, decided that you were going to get involved because you are concerned about the water, and you chose the water side. And how long right. have you been involved with the uh, research in water? Well, um, I uh, come to, I now work in Washington as the Legislative Associate for Appalachian Voices, and I've done that for three and a half years. So mm-hmm. I'm not a scientist, but this oh, is That's a, okay. I'm, I'm not either, but I've been in research, and I've got millions of dollars invested into studying water and uh, human life, all life. Um, now, I need to ask you, when you got involved with this Protection Act, uh, how much money did they did the stimulus uh, recently put toward a budget for water protection? Did you find you know, that out? Um, that is actually a question I did not know the answer to. I think we should find out, don't you? <laughs> well, yeah, JW, stop to think. Stop to think. We're putting out trillions of dollars now. We used to say billions. Trillions of dollars toward living in a, in a country that's comfortable and free and try to be as moving on with jobs and, and health issues and more. But can you be healthy? Can you have a job if there's potentially bad water? No. Um, no, and mountaintop removal pits the well-being of the local communities and the well-being of local watersheds. But it affects the whole ecosystem the, of everyone. And the men who are doing those that yeah. who are doing that work. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, I've often wondered, JW, where is everybody coming from to forget the water? Um, it's the life of the whole earth that affects us. Like one of my guests recently is a writer for the National Geographic, and they said, Sharon, that oil spill is going to affect the whole planet because it affected right. the water that's at the planet. The, the, right. the wetlands that are affected. Uh, are, are never. Uh, how, how long will it take for those wetlands to return? Because those states, uh, JW, wanted to be. Pro- I call it proactive. I'm a believer of being proactive. And then all of a sudden, and that's what you and I are doing today. We're being proactive about education and getting people thinking, getting people to join on the thinking of the future of what we need for long-term eternity water. And can you imagine what happened? They didn't allow the states to be proactive. They wanted to immediately prepare for the worst, even if it wasn't going to be the worst. They wanted to prepare. Um, right, and that's what you and I are doing today. We're thinking to the audience of the world, let's be proactive together. Let's think it out. Let's join together and be like the Super Bowl of water. What can we do to get the world serious about life in the water? 
In fact, well, we've had I the think... Nobel Prize winner on here from Switzerland who won the prize for life in the molecule. Life in this is the water. And if you take away the water, or you damage the water, or you don't take the water serious, it's a, it's a life-threatening damage. Not and just jobs. And yeah. I, think, I think that's what we're seeing in Appalachia. We've had um, 2,000 miles of streams that are directly impacted by these valley fills. So that means that they're getting buried in heavy metals and chemicals like arsenic and lead and selenium and mercury and chromium and just this witch's brew of chemicals that are oxidized into the water. Mm-hmm. So these are the waterways that feed you know, most of the major rivers of the eastern United States. And uh, the now, what are the, question now, about I, how long will it take to, yeah. to reach the What are you doing about joining in with the situation there? Now, let's stop and think how serious this is. It is serious. It is life-threatening serious. But yet we have people who are working in the mines that have been there forever for so many years or longevity of coal mining or whatever it may be, their jobs, uh, the United States needs to operate on a certain amount of our energy uh, and to, to be able to get to your job, live your life, and be healthy too. Uh, no. What have you been learning that are some of the alternatives for these people to learn how to protect the water and the soil and our, our, our forest there? What, what we've seen that's really incredible and that I think your listeners um, will have a, a tremendous opportunity to be a part of is citizens, the directly affected citizens getting involved in working on federal legislation like the Clean Water Protection Act. Mm-hmm. Um, this bill has 171 bipartisan co-sponsors in the House of Representatives. So you're talking about a bill that has more support than almost any other piece of legislation that's pending before the House. Um, in, the, in the Senate, may I ask you, you that, something there, real quickly? And I will interrupt once in a while and ask a question because you know the audience is thinking about it too. You know, with all you know, JW, with all the stuff that is going on, and in the United States of America, you know, you go to listen to the news and you listen to this, or you read this, I mean, all the negative stuff that are going on that are not thinking about how to be proactively healthy, they're being proactively. Uh, throwing money here, throwing money there. Going, I mean, it's going into all these different directions by trillions of dollars where our children and our children's children are going to be strapped with no budgeting to think about even clean water. So are you, are you, are you, is your group thinking about what to do to compete against all those distractions that they're having? Um, because without the water, the generations will not be healthy at all. Absolutely, and the the other bill that I was going to mention is a bill that is called the Appalachia Restoration Act, and it's in the Senate. And this bill would stop the valley fills associated with mountaintop removal, and will go directly to the Environment Public and Public Works Committee, where Senator Merkley sits. Um, so people can pick up their phones, call Senator Merkley, and say, "Please co-sponsor the Appalachia Restoration Act um, and protect our our waterways." Um, and the the second thing I would mention is that the Obama administration. Um, and the Environmental Protection Agency recently issued a water quality guidance regarding strip mining in central Appalachia that set a pretty strong standard for conductivity below valley fills. And so while we're not seeing them take the, the steps necessary to make these protections permanent, the administration has been proactive in, in working to limit some of the, uh, the horrible damage that comes with 
with these valley fills. The okay, danger I have is to take a, a I have to take a moment for a break with our sponsor. But you hang on to that one, and we'll come back, and we'll hear more from you about what they're doing. Um, because I'd like you to convince me that that they're going to do it with our money, um, and see if that you know. Let's see if the audience agrees. We're going to listen to our sponsor real quick, JW, and we'll be right back with you. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only natural method of moisturizing the eye. Did you know that the surface of your eye is 99% all natural water, and you've never had a product to give it the thirst quenching? Eyesight is the most valuable part of your life. It's your vision of everything. We'll listen to Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with JW. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. We're talking to J.W. Randolph from uh, Charlottesville, Virginia, and we're going to talk about what the legislature is doing um, uh, about water. And, and Tennessee and the Appalachian Mountains. Um, J.W., tell us uh, now, you know, I'm going to ask you something, and, and you, can, if you, you don't have to go there if you don't want to with me, but let's say you are working with a group, and the group is saying, and they're elected politicians, and elected politician has got a uh, committee group together to try to work on um, better water. Uh, healthier water and protecting the water in those areas. And, and is this going to be a, a legislation, legislative session that will be also for the rest of the United States, or is this just for your area? Um, now, the Clean Water Protection Act is a bill that would stop the dumping of mining waste in all the waters of the United States. Okay. Um, that's now, the, the people the that are doing this, is this um, – uh, is their goal to be able to work with the companies that are doing um, the industrial spillage uh, to go in there? So you're not going you can get them to join with the whole pr- the plan also. In other words, I learned long ago, JW, when I t- decided to do what I did way back in time, that you need people to join you from all walks of life, so they feel like they're part of this plan. If you find that people are going to lose jobs and the economy 
it's going to be damaged more for generations to have to pay for what happened here, and generations will, uh, out of their pocketbooks. They're not going to get to live. I'm, I'm in my late 60s. I, I was fortunate to be in a time and era when you could afford to do some certain things that you could not do in now coming in the future because everything is so expensive and will become much more expensive to operate any budget, let alone the bread-on-the-table budget at home for these children and go to college and, and be, have a dream and a vision. Um, but I wanted to ask you, uh, their goal, is it strictly just to stop the coal mining or is it uh, working seriously on the water cleanup? Well, this is done, it's a movement that's led by the people who are in the community. So okay. we have to make the case first that mountaintop removal is horrible for not only the, the water in these communities, but for the local economy. Um, it's been a tremendous loss of, of jobs and um, a loss of an economic base. Well, it helps. So the other it problem helps. that we're trying to deal with is economic diversification. Because in a lot of these areas, um, you've seen when the companies switch to mountaintop removal, all the coal mining jobs are then gone. Um, and so you, you've seen it go from 150,000 miners in West Virginia to 20,000 miners because they're relying on big shovels and reckless forms of, of coal mining that no longer put people to work. And so building that is something to talk about. Yeah, uh, that is something a lot of people wouldn't know. I didn't know. Uh, so when they decided to do a new, a new uh, technology to remove the mountaintop and use the big pieces of equipment, uh, people started losing their jobs. Right. And the areas now where you see the most coal mining are the, are the areas with the highest unemployment. Um, there's a strong correlation between poverty and strip mining and mountaintop removal because it, it not only takes away our opportunities in the long term for future generations, but in the very, very short, immediate, present um, it takes away our, our ability to build a, a sustainable economy or to, to provide broad economic benefits for our communities or to provide you know, there's growth. another side. You know, I often think about this, um, that other parts of the world, and this is a sad uh, overview, but I evaluate this um, when you think. The United States is competing uh, with 50 little states. I call them 50 little countries among each other. Our forefathers were brilliant to separate them into 50 bodies of borders, and each state has their own economy and life choices and more. They're borders and competitiveness. They compete with each other. But we're also competing with the rest of the world. The world changed through the last 50 years and 40 years and 30 years and 20 years and 10 years in the last few years. They're all competing with the United States of America to uh, have the better businesses in their countries and to for their their people to flourish like America has flourished for so long. In other words, it became very uh, lucrative to be able to be much more freedoms and money in the pocket, bread on the table, buy cheaper groceries, and the world was coming here to do business, JW. So if you think about the coal... Um, uh, leaving our country or whatever, have you been studying what the country would do with uh, the coal resources for our own energy resources? I don't want them contaminating the water, but I also don't like what happened in the Gulf Coast. Now, I'm going to be this way, and you can help me. Um, uh, I do believe that nature is no different than water, 
the soil, the bark on the tree, the leaf, uh, uh, to the uh, volcano, to the weather changing, and to human life, all animal life. Humans make mistakes. They had something else on their mind, and they made a mistake. It isn't always just greed only, uh, although making a mistake might have something on their mind. Um, But what happened in the Gulf Coast is they weren't allowing the states to be proactive to prepare for the worst in case it didn't happen. But what what do you think they should be doing in your area there of your concentration, your mission? What should they do for to be proactive, to prepare for competing with the rest of the world if you slow down coal mining? But what would you consider, has your team considered other alternatives to explain Absolutely. to our audience? Yeah, absolutely. I think those companies can turn around those bulldozers and start cleaning up the mess that we've made over the last several decades. Okay. Um, There can be jobs created in reclamation and remediation Mm -hmm. uh, on some of these mining sites. Okay. Um, I think that we can, one way that we can both save energy and create jobs is through investment in energy efficiency. We can create 15,000 jobs a year, according to the Appalachian Regional Commission, in the Appalachian region by investing in energy efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, mountaintop removal is less than 5% of America's electricity. It's a very small percentage when you think about the cost of the, the permanent loss of a lot of the Appalachian region. Oh, yeah, and, yes, and yes. In terms of lives. And so we want to see an immediate turn to energy efficiency. But um, do you think, J.W., do you think they're going to have the money? Look at where all of our money is going out of this country by trillions to paying interest rates. Certainly. I, I you know, that, if there are now the people you have involved with you, are they thinking about where are they going to get the money? I'm sorry to, you know, I never thought about this until the last year, and especially after the Gulf Coast. All of a sudden, I started thinking, we always had opportunities in our country because we were very conservatively thinking about what was best to be here, doing all these different things that we needed to think about for 50 states. And then all of a sudden, we find that, oh, my gosh, uh, we have big challenges. We, we are in a water crisis all over the United States already, JW, already. The status quo is, uh, according to every study that's come out, is costing the states money, over $42 billion every year in lives lost uh, in the Appalachian region, um, in lives lost and in health, health costs because of the impacts on our air and water. Right, um, due, right. To coal, due to coal mining in the state of Kentucky alone. Well, due to coal mining and a lot of other problems that we haven't tried to figure out with our money, rather than putting it toward an interest rate that's going out for uh, these huge loans that we're taking out. Um, now, I want to ask you, um, uh, and you're just uh, you're, you're just studying the coal mines. Are you studying anything else to do with water, Clean Water Protection Act, with other directions? Uh, Uh, with what is going on with water uh, in that region, other than just coal, or is your whole mission uh, uh, studying the coal mining? Um, Our our mission is to stop mountaintop removal mining. Okay, okay. And how long have they been at this, do you know? You know, um, I I would say that it's been um, two to three decades. Okay. It really is old strip mining on steroids, Um, Mm -hmm. larger bigger, uh, more massive. The, the scale is just phenomenal. And as I said, 1.2 million acres of land destroyed is, a, is an area the size of the state of Delaware. Mm-hmm. You um, know, if I came over there to look at your region, what kind of uh, trees do you have growing and what are your bushes and what kind of rock do you have? Can you kind of paint that picture to the world for us? 
certainly. It's um, it's a mixed Mesophytic forest. Um, okay. It's one of the oldest intact forest ecosystems on the continent. Okay. Um, and is uh, the southern, central and southern Appalachians, along with a few places in Southern California, have the most biodiversity of anywhere in the entire United States. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot like uh, in the Pacific Northwest. You have rolling hills. Um, it's beautiful, lush, green. The ecosystem is a lot like a sponge. Um, it's mm-hmm. a, a lot of rain. It's a very you moist. You my writer. You, I like the way you say uh, you do have good descriptions. <laughs> oh, well, well thank you. You're very I, good uh, at describing I've... our earth and its, its moisture and its uh, methods of life coming from the sponge. <laughs> Well, I, um, it's, it's, I, I think about it an awful lot, and, and I think that we have um, a lot of kindred spirits in the Pacific Northwest who can relate uh-huh. to what Appalachia feels like and, and looks like. I think there's a similar community of people in both areas who are, um, you know, wor- working to, to build a sustainable life for themselves and for future generations. You are right. You are right. And uh, we only have about a minute left uh, for, your, for you today, and I want to thank you. You are on a mission and uh, stick to that mission, and I, and write it out with the way you described it today, because there were certain d- words that you used that would be like a poetry for people to join uh, your uh, your planning of the mission. And and you know something, JW, you can tell everybody you're working with. I'm a believer of education. I don't believe that you can fight somebody. I think you can educate them over and over again keep the record player going, and then all of a sudden the timing is right. We just have to figure out the money um, to be able to do this because of what's going on with our everyday in the last year here in the United States of America. Well, we'll give you the last moment uh, to tell us something, and then we only have a minute left. Thank you. Well, I'd encourage folks who want to learn more and educate themselves to visit ilovemountains.org. There will be a lot of information about mountaintop removal. Help us pass federal legislation that's going to end mountaintop removal, um, call your congressman and ask them to co-sponsor the Clean Water Protection Act. Call your senator and ask them to co-sponsor the Appalachia Restoration Act, and uh, we can do this together. You can do it together. And keep up that clean water planning all the way. Yes, ma'am, you as well. Okay, well, and thank you. You have a very special day and week. You too. Bye. Well, did we learn a lot? And uh, I did, and I'm sure you did. The world out there is going, mining is going on all over the world. Um, We are in a a study of what are we going to do to replace energy when we go to do something else. But it is a challenge. It is a challenge. And um, but we need to be healthy. Um, you need to be thinking every day about how do you get out of bed, plant your feet on the ground, and make a footprint that you are going to be healthy. Uh, we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only method of putting nutrition thirst quenching your eyes. Did you know that your eyes are 99% water at the surface in the tear film? You've never had a product that would replace the moisture lost, all natural. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Art Bernstein. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk.
Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. All right, are you with us? Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you? Thank you for joining us. Um, And uh, the topic you chose, though, it's going to be a very fascinating topic for our listeners worldwide. And you've chosen Bear Mountain and Harriman State Parks, which is only 30 minutes north of the New York City, Manhattan. You know, Art, a lot yeah. of people choose to look at the United States as a very uh, all this privilege of freedoms and choices and visions and, and uh, the, what we've all had. And people all over the world don't realize, I think, that the United States also doesn't just to support the health care programs for people who are not uh, their guests here that don't have health care, but they can go to emergency and be taken care of. But they also provide the beauty of the parks all over this country, Art. The taxpayers provide the most beautiful recreation places to go in the world, in the United States of America. Uh, roadside stops and tell us now about New York City the Bear Mountain area and Harriman Park people think of New York City as a high-rise but only 30 minutes away is Bear Mountain and Harriman State Parks could you describe it to us yeah absolutely uh, this all started uh, back when gas was four my four dollars a gallon you'll recall and yes we were talking about uh, recreational opportunities close to home which you don't need to drive to the Grand Canyon or take a cruise to to Mexico or the Caribbean mm-hmm. uh, even even the big cities that you wouldn't think of in that context um, has some wonderful outdoors opportunities so Bear Mountain and Harriman State Park um, now those are state parks that are federal or are they uh, assessed state parks so they're the supported parts, by the state um, of New York. But you have to understand that the, the wilderness preservation idea began in the Hudson Valley. Along the Hudson River. Uh, the, the, the Hudson River School artists, uh, you know, in the 1820s or 30s, whenever it was, they would paint these beautiful landscapes of the Hudson Valley, and that's, that's how people in the United States got interested in, in nature preservation. Oh, now stop and think. I never so thought. So our artists right are, okay, so our forefathers taught us the vision of the beauty of where we are at by painting. So if you couldn't be there, you could, you could see what, you, what, what is there. Yeah, absolutely. 
Oh my God! I well, have Albert Bierstadt, and you know, I mean, there's a bunch of artists. That's uh, the one that comes to mind offhand. But well, they there was Robert beautiful, Wood. beautiful landscapes, uh, and it's, it was always of the Hudson Valley. You know, Art, I think of Robert Woods. All the beautiful landscape artwork, yeah. beautiful paintings that went all over the world yeah. to show the world the beauty through his painting of nature. Okay. But, you know, um, Bear Mountain was a favorite subject. It was, uh, it's a 1,200-foot little hill that rises up above the Hudson Valley, just north of uh, New York City. Hmm. It was instrumental in the revolution. You captured Bear Mountain, and you could uh, control the whole Hudson River. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but Harriman State Park is very interesting. It's the second largest state park in New York. And you have to remember that New York have had state parks longer than the United States has had uh, national parks. So New York was one of the founders of in, in the state of New York to show the rest of our country, the other states, that, uh, that you should uh, have uh, have your parks belong to the territory of the state. Yes. And they would maintain them. I think them uh, the Adirondack State money. Park uh, is still the biggest state park in okay. the United States. Now, uh, wrong, you know me and water, I, how I am about water. Uh, do they have lakes, streams, rivers? Yeah, well, Harriman... Uh, Harriman has, uh, I wrote this down, uh, 31 lakes. The largest is over 300 acres. How many lakes does it have? 31. My goodness. Okay. Uh, 200 miles, 200 miles of hiking trails. Now, you have to remember, this is less than 30 miles from Times Square. My goodness gracious. There's 200 miles of hiking trails. The park is 46,000 acres, and it contains 18.8 miles of the Appalachian Trail, which is a 2,700-mile trail that goes from Georgia to Maine and, and is supposed to be entirely wilderness. Isn't that a story? The world to hear and for all of us. And, you know, I'm sure that people throughout the United States uh, what we're talking about today in this classroom is just fascinating. Yeah, now, tell, remember well, Averill Harriman used to run for president? Yes. I think uh, that's his family. He owned the New York Central Railroad. So that was named after him. It was named State. after his family. Now, do, do you have the date of when the park was designated? Uh, I don't know, 1910, 1913. Way back, Okay. It's beautiful. Now, how are they? Have you any idea how they've been able to protect their waters? Um, no, except that um, it isn't just Harriman State Park. There's a bunch of other state parks. There's a um, there's an eighteen thousand acre us? forest we- preserve adjacent to Harriman State Park that's owned by West Point uh, Military Academy. There's other states so. So they've done a lot of, you know, there's other there's state parks in New Jersey that are adjacent to, to Harriman State Park. Mm-hmm. There's at least three large state forests that are adjacent to it, and Bear Mountain State Park is 5,000 acres, and it's adjacent to Harriman State Park. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, I'll just, that's a, I love to hear this. Um, yeah, so when, when you get them all together like that, it's probably 100,000 acres. Right. For the people around those very heavily populated areas to be yeah. able to go and enjoy 
I was just a guest art. I went up the Hudson River to Cortland Manor, New York, wow. uh, with uh, the Blue Mountain Middle School uh, as a guest speaker to their uh, uh, students, and we discussed water. And uh, I, when I got on the train coming out of um, Grand Central, all of a sudden I said to my husband, Bill, I said, oh, my gosh, we're on the Hudson River going up, and we were on the Hudson River on the train all the way up. So I'm, I've got an idea of the vision that, that is there uh, looking off to the distances. Uh, can you imagine, Art, way back in time, our forefathers, how much they had to do every day? They were trying to protect our destiny of freedom of, of worship and prayer and peace and life and, and uh, trying to put bread on the table to pay for your bills and yeah. create the jobs and and protect us from uh, people who didn't agree with us the way we wanted to live in this country. But at the same time, Art, they were protecting nature. They put money yeah, they nature. Yeah, they absolutely were. You know, uh, the Hudson has had its problems over the years. Oh, yes, it has. And the Connecticut River has had a lot worse problems than the Hudson. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh-huh. my wife told me a story. Uh, she's from, um, from New York City. Mm-hmm. And she said that uh, when she was in her early 20s, she had a job in Manhattan. And one day, as a complete surprise, they took them all down to the uh, the piers uh, where the ships come in and out, put them on a ferry boat, and took them all up to Bear Mountain State Park. And then they had a bus take them to the top of the mountain, and they had their annual company picnic on the top of Bear Mountain. Oh my goodness! Oh, <laughs> oh. Let's, in other words, let's get out of Manhattan and have a breath of real fresh air. Yeah, and she said <laughs> it was like a, a, a thirty-minute uh, boat ride. Oh my! Oh my! So, <laughs> and she oh. worked in the financial district in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I love New York City. <laughs> it's one of the most beautiful, free. You know, I get such an enjoyment out of every time I'm in Manhattan. I've been there when the World Series was going on, and yeah. You'll be at to the top of a high building, high rises, and with p- corporate executives, and they're all talking business. And then all of a sudden, somebody says, how are, how are the Yankees doing? And then uh, the conversation changes. But it's back to business. You get in the elevator. All the way down to the street to the people who live on the streets, they t- will turn to the people on the street, how's the World Series going? How's this going? And people live together in New York City um, like a family. And you found that after 9-11. But I'm talking oh, about yeah. our forefathers and what they did to bring the people together with nature. In other words, what you've said today is that you can live in New York City, the Manhattan area, and let's just say it out loud, the target of the world. And right. then all of a sudden, 30 minutes north, you get a choice to go out in the on your don't take a vacation anywhere else. Just go for a hike. Go along the lakes. Go along the streams. Enjoy the nature r- close to home. In fact, Art, I do believe what's going to happen here, maybe I'm just evaluating in the not-too-far future, that if the gasoline goes up again, like you said at one time it did in time, people won't afford to go, and you won't even be able to afford to take the airlines because it's going to be so expensive to get on a plane. So people will think about staying closer to home. Uh, satellite uh, streaming video tel- uh, meetings will start more commonly. 
because they won't be able to afford to probably those air flights will go up sky high. Uh, and people will decide, well, I guess I'll go on a hike close to home, or I'll go do something with a picnic close to home. Uh, I would say even where we live, with all the beautiful national parks and high mountains all around us, um, there's not that much within 30 miles. No. You, know, no. you have to go usually 60, 70 miles uh, to Crater Lake or to the to the Redwoods. Yes. Uh, now, in um, in Upper New York and in New Jersey and Connecticut, they also have the ocean, and they all go and enjoy the ocean. But I bet a lot of people forget about Bear Mountain and Harriman Park. Are there any in your mind, uh, any other parks uh, to mention to our audience that when they come to the area to think about taking uh, some of those recreation areas? And, oh, I was, I'll ask you quickly. Are, did you ever find in your research, are there any lodges? Uh, are there a lot of campgrounds? There's campgrounds. There's shelters along the trail. There's, okay. uh, they assume that you're going to be camping out overnight if, you're, mm-hmm. if you go along the... They say there's 16 uh, campsite shelters. Okay, and fresh water. Back country, not, not, you know, not accessible by road in Adirondack right. State right. Park. Right. But there's also the Pinelands National Preserve in New Jersey. You know, I think New Jersey is one of the most densely populated states in the whole country. Really? And yeah, it's got this. Uh, it's like 150,000 acre forest preserve to preserve a rare ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of are there lots of water there too, rivers and the river and. Yeah, it doesn't drain very well. It's called uh, the New Jersey Pine Barrens. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that's also uh, you can get on the Garden State uh, freeway. Mm-hmm. Tollway, rather. Now, when you said doesn't drain very well, and you, your background, you have a master's degree in anthropology. What do you what do you think the rock is like there? The rock and the soil. Uh, I think it's uh, very acidic and it's very uh, it's a lot of sand, but there's a lot of hard pan, mm-hmm. so the water doesn't uh, you know the water leaches the the uh, minerals from the sand and then. There's an accumulation layer, so the uh, the water doesn't drain through the hard pan. Oh, okay. So a lot so of it that's why it's called the pine barren. It just uh, runs off the surface. There's a lot of swamps. There's a lot of uh, stunted trees, and you know. Now, when you say of, swamps, is that wetlands? Yeah, a lot of low hills. Uh, okay. The Forked River Mountains are 210 feet high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. Now on the streams, uh, do they are, do they have fish? Um, the people can go for a hike, and they can go camping, and they can go fishing. Are there, are there, obviously, there's fish. Oh, fishing, absolutely. You know, like I said, in, in uh, Harriman State Park, there's also 31 lakes, uh-huh. and the biggest lake is uh, 300 and some acres. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're big. They're glacial lakes. Mm-hmm. This is all an area that that had a glacier on top of it at one point. Oh, that's fascinating. Now, do you have on there where people would go to study more, and let's say they were coming to the New York area and wanted to go out to enjoy that recreation, is there a site to go to? No, uh, look it up on Wikipedia or look up uh, Harriman State Park. Okay, so they would look it up to Bear Mountain or Harriman H-A-R-R-I-M-A-N State Parks. Yep. And there's a Bear Mountain Inn, which is one of the old country inns. Oh, that is something to know. Well, our time is over. I appreciate you being on because you're always full of that information. Yep, absolutely, as always. I enjoyed it. Okay, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye.
Did I tell you about the guests? We had J.W. Randolph from Charlottesville, Virginia, talking about where they take a, a mountaintop and chop it off the top for mining. And that was a fascination to learn about that. So go to that website and learn more about that. Art today, was talk, Bernstein, was talking to us about national parks next to the city of New York, right in far, not far from Grand Central Station, from Times Square, from the most beautiful place in the world is in New York City. I call it the apple pie of the world. And all of a sudden you find out that Bear Mountain and Harriman State Parks are thousands and thousands of acres that were preserved by the thought of our forefathers. And I mentioned today to think about the country we're living in here in the United States or the country you're living in wherever you're at. Your forefathers were very smart. They wanted you to have a healthy life, so they learned how the agriculture. They learned that water is primary, and that's why a lot of all the cities were re- always around the water. They did, needed to learn. They wanted to learn more about health, and 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 your your outlook and your vision of life, freedoms of choices. In the United States, the freedom of choice in this country has been absolutely 50 states, 50 thoughts. 50 borders, and stop to think about what they did for our water and our recreation and our vision of healthiness and good outlook on life. Be, be, be fair and share. Think about it. It is very important of what we need to think about every day, but we always have to go back to the power of water, the power of water. Without it, the earth will become in the planet uh, a planet in the universe of eventually being a, like a, a desert and maybe no more. We're not going to let that happen. We're going to join together. I want to thank you for listening today, and I know Earth has a secret. You. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. Earth is whispering, though. Listen real close. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye. You leave your footprint of importance for all people to appreciate you, your life. I want to thank you for listening. Have a nice day, and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 